Welcome to The 107, a podcast for and from River of Life Church in East Missoula, just off exit 107, a way to get to know your church family, who we are, what we believe, and what God has called us to do. Hello and welcome to The 107. Uh, This is Seth Tinberg. I am in as a replacement for Pastor Jason as he is gone on vacation at the time of this recording. And I have a special guest, um, a guy who I love and who was one of the first people when I moved to Montana to reach out to me, to welcome me, and uh, he was just so awesome. I have Spencer Powell here from Anchor Church, and uh, we're excited to have you, bud. Thanks, man. This is so, yeah, just a privilege, honor that you guys would have me out. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Well, like I said, like you were, I mean, one of the really the first people, I mean, as soon as it was really announced, um, I got a quick message from you. I think you might even got my phone number from somebody. Yeah, I, I was definitely creeping on you for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and, and so I get this message and uh, and I'm like, uh, and you introduce yourself or whatever and welcome me. And it was, it was really, really cool. You know, you when you're, for me, when I was moving here, I was like, I have no idea what I'm moving into, and I mean, when I was like a young pastor, I was, I kind of had, I'm very task-oriented, so like, I kind of, am like, if I do my job, kind of like Bill Belichick, do your job type of thing, you know? <laughs> sports. I, sport, sports. Uh, if if I uh, if I do my job, like, everything will be good, and then after a while, kind of God started pulling on me that like, party you know, doing tasks isn't just your job as a pastor, as a worship pastor. Yeah. It's not just about, you know, putting the lineup together and singing and playing. Um, but it's about so much more than that. It's about people, and, and you need to build relationships and all that stuff like that. And so moving out here, kind of moving away from some of the relationships that I had built in Chicago, it was really, really cool for me to be like, oh, I already have a relationship that's starting. I'm not even there yet. Uh, so thank you for that, bud. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's on my heart so much is unity within the different churches, the different um, parts of God's bride. And so I really gave you no option, uh, <laughs> but to get coffee with me. And uh, so far it's going pretty good between you. And yeah. I, I feel like we, we have we've a good, got it going. we have a good relationship so far. <laughs> we both have a, a passion for God and coffee. Yes. And uh, yes, they're so, almost equal, but, but yeah. definitely God's first. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got our priorities. Straight, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Just barely. So, <laughs> yeah. Actually, the first time we had coffee, um, I got introduced to to Pastor Kyle, and yep. and another pastor from from a Limitless. Uh, yeah. 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 And I was, so I was like, it was like half of the ch- churches were at <laughs> Black like Coffee a, that yeah, day. Yeah. It was like a mini. Uh, I'm just getting introduced to all these different pastors. Like I've been here for two days. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, a lot is going on at Anchor Church, and so uh, just tell us about that. Tell tell me what's going on at Anchor. Yeah. Uh, man, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's the most bizarre church plant um, uh, scenario, uh, but it has just been a blast, and everything is at hyperspeed, and church planning is hard enough, let alone uh, a global pandemic happening all in the middle of that, but God uh, has had this just special grace um, on us, uh, that we, we just feel that it's like he's doing his work. Um, but what's been really cool uh, is we would be nowhere uh, 
uh, close to where we are without the relationships of other churches um, in this town. And even just our relationship and Pastor Jason uh, came in at pivotal times and just talked us through things and helped us um, in this church plant. So yeah, it's it's been crazy. Um, got just got into a new space at the City Life Center, and so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so we're just navigating, hauling in a sound system every week and hauling it back out and uh, developing teams and uh, figuring out core values and all those kind yeah. of things. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really cool to watch other pastors um, like Missoula Alliance Church uh, has just gifted us some space to use um, just as office space because wow. we don't have anywhere to meet in. And and uh, so we got to have coffee with their staff the other morning, just pray together They're, The building is like overlooking the city. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's like this epic time to pray together as That's churches awesome. and. They've welcomed us. You guys have welcomed us, and uh, and so I, I feel like something special—not just for Anchor Church, but a lot of the churches here um, in Missoula—that uh, God's doing something like He's He's bringing a unity, yeah. um, like like I've never seen before, and I've been here most of my whole life. So yeah, it's pretty it's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. Talk about a little bit how how because you've told me this before already um, about how. Uh, how God moved you guys into this, into the building. Cause it was a pretty cool testimony of just kind of God working behind the scenes and, you know, moving when you didn't even know he was moving. Exactly. Yeah. We, we were praying hard for a location and we were looking big. We were like, man, let's go find some like big warehouse or something. We were just dreaming it up. Uh, uh, this was like last fall and the church of the Nazarene was super generous to us to, to let us do a 4 PM service there uh, and then uh, when this pandemic hit, we were like uh, starting to almost thank God that he didn't give us a building because then we'd have all this mortgage <laughs> and trying to figure out what to do uh, financially. But uh, but yeah, then really with out, out of the blue, um, some different people made some phone calls and God aligned uh, it, it all within just a few weeks yeah. uh, for us to, to get into the City Life uh, Community Center. And then um, it's just been a really cool working relationship with all the different ministries in there. Um, and so, yeah, it, it happened very fast and with hardly any uh, effort, which is cool um, because some words had been spoken uh, over us by yeah. different people that God is going to expedite things that normally take you know, years that will even just take a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're already seeing that yeah. um, play out, which is just so cool to, to in the moment tangibly recognize, whoa, God, you're like coming through on your promises like right now. Yeah. Um, so that's been, it's been cool. I, one time I was uh, at some uh, church conference, I think it was in, I think it was uh, in Illinois District Council. And uh, the speaker was talking about, can't remember who it was to give him credit, but uh, he was talking about how, uh, about being, like, knowing what season you're in. Like, you know, we're always moving, in, God's always moving us in seasons. You know, you know, we're in, in, in summer, a time of, like, prosperity, and there's in the spring. Or, and then there's a fall where, like, things kind of start to die off, and there's the winter where it just feels like you're dead. Which then, is, like, eight months in Montana, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, but not in the churches. Not in the churches, yeah. <laughs> not in the churches, yeah. We're all, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then spring, like that yeah. time when you're just like sowing and stuff like that. And so um, I think that's how planting works. I think so. Yeah. And so uh, he was talking about being kind of knowing what season God has you in 
mm. um, because if you know what season God has you in now, you can prepare for the next season that you're going to be led into at any time. That is so good. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I remember thinking, like, as a as a worship pastor, there, there you go through those times where you feel like you're, like, no one is worshiping, you know, where you feel like you're the only one singing in the room. Mm-hmm. And um, and you, it's really easy to get discouraged in those times, or, or just in church in general, where you feel like, like you're just kind of walking in a pool full of peanut butter or something, you know, you're just not moving at all. And, uh, Except that's one of my favorite foods. Yeah, so, so uh, that would kind of be a good thing if it you... breaks. The analogy breaks down a little. Oh, okay. Bit, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Jello. Uh, yeah, the, okay, yeah. Okay. I'm not a big fan of that. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, my mom used to make me um, uh, peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwiches. Oh. Have you, have you ever had marshmallow fluff? No, but it sounds amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you could probably get it from the grocery store here too. I imagine. Um, but, but I called them fluffer nutters, <laughs> and. They were so good, man. I haven't had one in years. Um, superior to the peanut butter and jelly. Next time we get together, we're having <laughs> fluffer nutters. Fluffer nutters. Yeah. Okay. Say yeah. you gotta be careful with saying saying yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, this is a church bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so I don't know how I got on that. Anyway, but um, there's like kind of knowing that season that you're in. Um, like if you are in, if you feel like you're in winter, you know, and you recognize that like hey, things have died off that needed to die off, and we're going through that season of, of you know, just, um, you know, of, of, of it being dead, you know, uh, like, and you're not preparing for eventually when God starts to move you into spring, if you don't have, like, plans ready to plant, and, and you know, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not ready for that, um, then those things are, you're going to miss your opportunities. Wow. That stood out to me so much um, when it comes to the two being leaders of churches yeah. is being intentional and knowing like, like, Hey, this doesn't feel so good, but I got to recognize like where I'm at. And then I also have to like, kind of think forward of, of, you know, what God's leading us into. Yeah. 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 That's really good, man. And how easy it is when you're in a winter season to start blaming God, to oh, start, yeah. uh, questioning, to start, uh, isolating right even like the picture of winter here in montana it's just easy to just pull up netflix and pull over the uh the covers or whatever and just go to bed and just isolate and like the picture of even that is like no that's even like time to press in to get ready to dream and to know something greater is coming um and uh and and that's so true about even just the word of God in itself, like yeah. how many times it says he's like faithful to his promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet when it doesn't, when it's, when you're not seeing it in full picture right then, yeah. um, it's, uh, it can feel daunting and it can feel like 30 below out. Yeah. Uh, but having those relationships and church family to, to do that with, um, uh, to make it to those spring and, and summer season. Oh, yeah. that's a sweet analogy for sure. Um, this Pastor Jason was even just talking uh, in his message this weekend. He was he had said something because he's preaching on like the walls of Jericho falling, and he was saying like, in our mind we would think like, hey God, why didn't you kind of give show them a little bit like that it was working? You know, like they're walking around the place mm-hmm. for seven days. How come on like day two they weren't like. Like oh it's starting to fall you know <laughs> like mm. just to kind of get like give them boost morale and keep them going, um, but there's like 
there's a faith that happens in the six days, you know, before, um, before the seventh day. Like if you stop in the six days, or in one of the, those six days, and you don't go all the way to the end of what God said, um, you don't fill out that plan and just like trust. Like okay, sooner or ra- sooner or later, there's going to be victory. I just have to trust that you know it's going to come. You yeah. know, um, dang, that's good. Yeah, plenty of days for excuses in between <laughs> right? until that seventh day. Yeah, I would have quit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I, I would have been like, how many times are we going to walk around this place? <laughs> yeah, um, but I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we are both um, very much worship. Worship is a big passion of ours. Yeah. Um, it plays a, a pretty big part into our jobs. Yeah. Um, so I figured we'd probably just talk about worship a little bit. Love it. So the Love one thing, the one thing I was thinking about, kind of coming into this, was, um, like Jesus says in John, uh, that um, he's looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always kind of taken that as kind of the balance between like theology, and then also like like the passion that comes from praise, you know. Mm. Um, and, um, I feel like there's kind of two, you know, there's two sides to that and, and they kind of, they normally will outweigh each other. Like someone will be like, you know, we need to sing hymns and they, it needs to be directly from scripture. Um, and then there's other people that's like, you know, we want to sing, you know, with the passion and stuff like that. Be like David. And, and I feel like there's a balance to that. Mm. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on what you, how do you, how do you balance like theology, but at the same time, that spirit of passion um, that sometimes comes out in poetic language. I mean, just mm-hmm. like looking at David's Psalms too. Um, there's there's times where David says stuff that I'm like, that's not even like theologically correct. Mm-hmm. But David's saying like where he's like, "Search me, and you won't find any mistakes." <laughs> you know, and you're like, "Whoa, like yeah. easy, man." Like, yeah. Um, but it comes from a place of like, of of David's like passion in that moment, and you know, eventually God kind of corrects those things. Yes. Um, but yeah. I feel like in worship, we have those moments where we're like crying out, there's got to be passion, but kind of how do we balance that with theology? So that's a deep question to start know, us off right? on worship. Yeah. Uh, what I love, I can get to that scripture in a second, but what I love about God is he doesn't make robots. Yeah. We're not robots. Yeah. And I love that. David, what David penned down is what we get. I think we've talked (laughs) about that before, is I'm so grateful because that means he was human. These these are uh, Jesus put on flesh to feel, to to have emotion to yeah. that's like the most relatable God ever is that he came and and was one of us. And and I love um, that. Yeah, that the Bible does call David. Uh, a man after God's heart mm-hmm. as if maybe it's his heart that really matters, right? Yeah. And so talking about uh, about spirit and truth, uh, this is off the top of my head, but I think it's John 4. We were laughing because yeah, we're, we, we're, <laughs> we're not good at remembering. Uh, yeah. I remember what side of the page it's yeah, on exactly. a lot of times, but yeah. uh, the actual reference. But I, I think the context He definitely of, says it after he's talking with the woman at the well, woman which the I well. believe is John, John 4. John yeah, 4. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So woman at the well. Um, 
And I mean, talk about even like the racial tensions that were yeah. going on at that time and the even racial tensions that are existing right here in America mm -hmm. at this time. And, and Jesus like sets this whole scenario up with his disciples uh, that were brought up in, in this t um, kind of uh, had a, a tainted view towards the Sumerians. Yeah. And then here, uh, Samaritans. Samaritans. Yeah. Samaritans. Thank you. Um, and and here, uh, here the disciples are 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 coming back from from the village, and Jesus has this encounter with this woman, and then that line comes, uh, uh, worshiping in spirit and in truth. And it's for me when I when I see that, and um, I see a lot of that God is always about the heart. Yeah. So. Uh, so whether that means song selection, whether it's a hymn or yeah. we have to like be exactly what the Bible says or mm -hmm. like have that creative liberty of uh, the poetry, like more of creative David yeah. um, style songs is it really matters about the heart. Yeah. So do we take what the Bible says seriously? Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's the way we know God. It's the way he's let us know him. Yeah. Uh, through his word and through Jesus. So it's, uh, anyway, we could we could go on there forever, but just knowing that we take the truth of God, the truth of his word, and we proclaim that, uh, but then there's, there's this spiritual side of us that we are spiritual beings, that we have a design and a nature to want to worship. You see it all over the place. People are like hands up at concerts. Well, yeah. not right now because of COVID, but yeah. at concerts, hands in the air worshiping mm -hmm. like what? Like these are just like concerts out at the park, right? Yeah. You know, and people have this innate um, something inside of them that draws uh, worship. And so anyways. Yeah. No, well, I mean, we, we want to worship something that's greater than us, you yeah. know? And, um, and I feel like maybe mo most of the world doesn't don't doesn't worship the thing who's the person who's overall you know they choose to worship yeah. other people's but yeah um, I think I agree with you and I feel like like theology is such a useful tool in worship because worship worship or rather worship is such a useful tool in teaching theology um, like if when we're singing things that are like you know that are scriptural and that are true there's a lot of scripture that I I feel like I have memorized, but it's really just, it's really songs that I sang, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like when I, when I think of like, uh, you know, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Um, like in my head, what is going on is like, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that, so like, I have songs in my head that, um, like I know those verses because I sang those verses. Yeah. And, um, and so like worship is a, like an awesome tool for teaching theology. Um, but at the same time, like, um, there has to be a level of our heart being poured out in worship, yeah. um, where it's just like, you know, we're laid bare before God. And sometimes out of that thing, there's going to be, um, you know, whether it be poetic language or, um, or it's, or it just comes out of, you know, out of angst or something like that, you know, yeah. like there's those, um, I've had those moments, uh, where like God was kind of like really pruning me, and um, where I where it's it's kind of like the, those Job moments where you're like, you know, like what are you doing, God? You know, and and uh, like at, at one point in Job's story, basically he's like wishing that he would die, you know, mm -hmm. and 
Um, and then God eventually kind of comes out and speaks out of the cloud. He's like, where were you? Where I, you know, formed the foundation of the earth, all that stuff. And, uh, and so like, I, we, I ha we, we have those moments, um, where we like cry out out of, a, just out of our emotion, you know? And I feel like that has to be seen in worship sometimes. Yeah. Um, like people have to, if you're going to lead, um, people into worship, if worship leaders are going to do that, um, like people have to see that it's okay to sometimes just, you know, bear your heart. And like a lot of times I'll do, I've tried to do it in this church uh, a little bit, but um, where I'll just like say like, hey, just stop, we're going to stop singing. And I want you to just like share your heart and not, with God, just start speaking your heart. Yeah. And, um, and when I say that, I normally will like follow it up with like a caveat of like, it doesn't have to be a positive thing. Like, I'm not looking for you to just say, like, thank you, God, for all you've done for me. I mean, that's great if that's if that's where you're at. Um, but if where you're at is, like, what is going on, God? You yeah. know, I want, yeah. like, people who are, if, if you're in worship, do if that's what your heart is saying, like, say that. Yep. And um, and then and God will speak to you. And, and you know, if you're wrong, he'll correct you, um, which usually we are. <laughs> um, but, um, but that brings a reality into worship. Um, that that I feel like has to be there. Um, you know what I mean? So good, man. It, a couple things that come to mind is uh, a lot. Of, I mean, I think a lot of people's perception when they come to church is like, well, there's this calling, or that guy has this job that he does, or these musicians are paid, or not like, but they're on the stage, so it's up for them to sing, and we'll just kind of like take that. But like. Uh, there's so much to every single person understanding that they are called to worship as the church, as the body yeah. called to worship. Um, and uh, uh, I said two things, forgot the second one, but yeah, um, yeah just, Oh, uh, uh, with just pouring out, I love what you said about pouring out your heart to God, whether that's like, God, you were so amazing uh, or, or God, like my life is in shambles and I need you to come through. That is worship. Both yeah. are worship. And if we can understand as the church that God literally formed our every fiber of our yeah. being as if he doesn't know what we're going through. Yeah. But just, you you got a little child. I got a little yeah. child. Like what is more important? It's that we get to go to the playground together and hang yeah. out. Yeah. You know, that is the most important thing that God w wants with us. He, w I want to know when, when she stubs her toe or when things, yeah. uh, when my daughter stu stubs her toe or, uh, uh, or she's frustrated and she lets out a scream and that's, uh, there's part of you that's like, Ooh, I don't, yeah. I don't like that, but I'm coming to you. I don't yeah. run away from her. I yeah. don't, uh, even, that doesn't even cross my mind. I go straight to the need, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and then the Bible calls us as fathers, uh, evil in, in Matthew seven, if you, uh, how much more does a father in heaven want to give you good yeah. gifts? You know, it's like, that is our father in heaven. He's yeah. so in love. He just wants the good and bad of you. And that that's David's life. Yeah. That's why it's, I believe why it's in the Bible is just to show us yeah. whether you're writing these amazing Psalms or you've sleep with another man's wife and go and have him killed. Yeah. Like your response to everything in life 
like, does God condone that and love that David did that? No, but mm-hmm. he loves his heart of returning mm-hmm. uh, back to him. So Yeah, I think that's what separated, like, David from, from Saul was, yes. uh, was this idea of, like, they both made mistakes. Um, David probably made bigger mistakes than Saul, like, uh, based off of, like, kind of our eyes. Um, yeah. But, you know, Saul's instinct was to either hide it or make excuses for it and... David David was like, did it again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he was quick to kind of come back to God. Which I, I think that's kind of what separated, that's what made David a man after God's heart, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, one thing that you were saying that, that stood out to me was uh, um, the idea of like, like God as, as our father, um, like meeting, meeting us in our anguish, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of him a, as a dad, like when when my son is crying, um, and I'm sure when Mir is crying, like uh, there's that moment, like when when you ho- hold your child, and when they're crying, like I I don't know any parent that's like I don't want to hold my kid when they're crying. You know what I mean? Like I just want to hold them tight. I want to know want them to know that they're secure, and that I've got them. And you know, there's that moment there, and I don't know that I really understood that until I became a father, um, of like. Like there's something deep inside of a parent that just says like if I see anguish in my child like I can't always like fix it like if he falls and scrapes his knee like you know like we can pretend to fix it like we can like blow on it and you know you know kiss the 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 owie or whatever and but it doesn't actually fix it but um but what we what we do can do is comfort them I feel like that comes directly from the heart of the father yeah. it comes from that like God has this desire of like. I want to, I want to wrap you in my arms. I want to be there for you. I want to comfort you because you're my child. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times we kind of, like, uh, we kind of push him away. Uh, and there's sometimes where like our kids do that. We're like, um, like you'll want to go to comfort them, and they'll kind of push you away because they're whatever they want to cry. And uh, and we do that to God all the time, yeah. where we're like, He wants to comfort us, but we kind of give you know put one hand up in the air like no 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 I, I'm gonna be by myself right now yeah and uh and I can't I know how much like there's that like that feeling as a parent where you're like where you're like oh but I want to comfort you I can't imagine how how that makes God feel when he's like I just want to comfort you and you are keeping me at arm's distance you know yeah absolutely yeah I just yeah the more I even wrote a song about it a couple of years ago just of like God, I want you to change, like, Father, I want you to change my view. If I have any wrong motives or, or things that I assume that you're like that you're not, yeah. come and show me the real thing, you know? And uh, even just uh, the bridge of it just talks about, like, more awareness of his presence, more yeah. um, just like like a realignment to who, who he truly is. Yeah. And who he truly is is a loving father, you yeah. know? And, and so, yeah, it's, there's, there's so much just on the topic of worship, just of coming to him like he's a good father, you know, yeah. like there was good, good father yeah. that was rolling around like, uh, the song and, uh, and that it's, it's the, the even just the lyrics of that, like, yeah. why did that song blow up? Because we have a, blow up in a good way yeah uh 
we have look at our society we are fatherless oh absolutely we are fatherless so we are searching and longing and we when we when you have an idea that once you find out that he's so good it changes like everything that changed absolutely. a lot for me uh in my worship of just like whoa i can actually come and say whatever and and to him like like he's a like a good father like i can yeah. actually like converse with him and i can uh doesn't mean i'm right yeah doesn't mean i'm right but yeah. i I'm, i have the liberty to welcome that that love in you know yeah well I, like the bible talks about like kind of coming into his presence with confidence and um like that we can like we can go before him we we can make requests before him and and i i like what you said of like doesn't mean that we're right um, there's been plenty of times. I remember like when Mona and I were going through the adoption process and we had lost a baby. Um, uh, we, we were in this, this connection for like four or five months and we had like driven to Savannah, Georgia, um, for the birth. And the day before, um, the, the birth mother changed her mind. So we had this like 16 hour drive back from Savannah, Georgia to Chicago where, um, it was just like, we cried the entire way back, you know? Yeah. And there's this feeling of brokenness where, and there's a moment where like, I was so angry at God and I was like having this like full out, like, um, it was like a shouting match at God, you know, of like, you know, he was kind of sitting there being quiet and I'm just like, like, why would you do this? And, and, you know, you led us all the way here just to, you know, fail and all, you know, I'm just like kind of bearing my heart. Um, and then like, there's a moment where after I had kind of gotten that out, where I felt like God like met me there and he was like, you know, let me correct your thinking of what, you know, you're seeing this as this way, but really um, you need to correct your thinking and see um, what I'm actually doing here. And then once I did that, I was like, oh, you're right. I totally screwed up, you know? And, but I don't know that I would have ever gotten to the, oh, you're right. I totally screwed up moment. If I just would have been like keeping it to myself, you know, and not, I, did, I needed to have that moment with God where I was like really letting, you know, you know, letting him have it, you know, um, uh, that I did air quotes there on letting him have it. Um, I just realized this is a podcast. It's not yeah. being recorded. Uh, so um, of like, I really kind of, you know, bared again, you know, bared my heart and my soul and in, it was angry. Um, but God kind of, again, met it with like truth and grace to like correct my thinking. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful for that moment in my life because I feel like it really, it shaped and redirected my life um, and like kind of gave me this new revelation of like, like, oh, okay, I got, God, I see something that I didn't see before. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. 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 Sim- I mean, similarly, I mean, that story alone, you know, your, your story of, of, uh, with, with, uh, children and this uh, to go through that that's one of the hardest things I know I even share when I led worship here a few times people probably thought it was crazy but I, I had to say something on the mic of just like we've been through some really hard times and it, like just being vulnerable and honest and us losing two babies before uh, yeah. we had Mira you know and it's just like there's like that that's some of the most gut-wrenching pain. So you yeah. have a choice then. You have a choice to push God away. You have a choice to just say, well, you're, you had this promise for me. 
uh, like I had these different words and these things that I was uh, leaning on and anticipating, and then uh, God, you you failed me. Yeah, you know, and that that's that sentence alone is very hard to say. Like, yeah. but he he's in it with you. Like, yeah. and but and then t- to to then where he brings the correction of yeah. in your story, you know. Um, he brings that correction like a loving father and um and in the same way i i had i struggled with five years of sickness um from 18 to 23 it was one thing after another i had like mono two years straight in my life slept slept two years away of my life um not by choice of course and uh so I my in in my eighteen to twenty three those are kind of pivotal years deciding what you're gonna do who yeah. you're gonna be. I watch all my friends going to college and getting degrees and all this stuff, and I was just trying to get out of bed. And for five years, I I knew that God, uh, he was. I was saying, "Why aren't you healing me?" So yeah. often, and he's okay with that. Yeah, but. Uh, he was also showing me what true worship was through yeah. that whole time because here I was in my dorm room just trying to stay awake, yeah. uh, but I had to learn how to worship by myself yeah. um, and decide if I believe the promises of God or not. Do I believe in the Word of God or not? Yeah. Those were pivotal times. Did it feel good? No. Did it last a really long time? Yeah. It did. It was horrible. Uh, but at the same time, you know, all these years later, I look back and think, dang, God, you were so faithful and you yeah. were teaching me things in the moment. Maybe I didn't feel it. Yeah. But when I take a grand, like a, a 30,000 foot view of it, it's like, wow, God, you were really teaching me something. So, yeah. And you see, it's like, you know, while, while it was painful, like they were necessary, like there's kind of like that old, uh, like, like preacher illustration of like, um, of like a surgeon, like a surgeon cuts you, mm-hmm. like he he intentionally, um, you know, cuts your body or or, or you know rebreaks bones and you know he he a surgeon does it, but it's all with intention, and it's to eventually bring you to healing, yeah. and um and as we kind of look back on our life, I feel like sometimes we could be like, oh, I see why where that cut was necessary, or I see where you had to like you know you know reshape some bones there, you yeah. know. And, um, and, uh, and so when we kind of look at it from there, we can kind of see that, that, you know, how God was moving and, um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt in the meantime. Yeah. A lot of, th- I think a lot of times, um, uh, people kind of, uh, assume in, you know, it, a lot of it's from like kind of failures that we've had. Um, I just, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but have you seen the, the, the Todd White thing? Yes. Uh, crazy oh my right i was like um blown away i wasn't really super familiar with him kind of had a brief understanding kind of where his ministry was at um but he had said a, a bunch of great stuff like about how um uh, of like like we as the church has kind of failed like new believers in like selling them on this yeah like it's gonna your life's gonna be great yeah. you know and like that promise is nowhere in scripture like, it's nowhere in Scripture where it's like, you're never going to have any problems ever again once mm-hmm. you accept Jesus. And he's just going to come in and, uh, you know, 
Yeah, love Flip and joy and yeah. peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those those are great, and we we can definitely those are a byproduct of yeah. our relationship with him. But it it definitely is not shy of yeah the trials. And there's times know? where we're and those hurt. Those trials hurt, man. Those uh, we, when we went we went through through six years of infertility, and it sucked, man. Yeah. It hurt, and um, and like every every one of those moments was so painful. Um. And I can't imagine, you know, the all when when you know the trials that you have gone through, you and Lene have gone through, um, with with losing those babies. I mean, that's that hurts, you know. Um, but then, like, kind of seeing, you know, there is that promise that God will take, um, you know, what, what He'll take what's broken, He'll He'll use it, and He'll make it beautiful. You know, He'll He uses all things, you know, for the good of those um, who love Him or call to His purpose. And so, like, like that promise of like things are going to happen in our life and we do go through trials and they are painful, but God can take those things and he can make them beautiful is yeah. like, I mean, that's like the hope that we live on. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, uh, Linnea and I have just kind of said this silly phrase to keep each other going, uh, uh, in the last couple of years is, uh, uh, faith isn't faith. And until it's faith, <laughs> it's silly. But when you stop and think, like, like we say, oh, I want to be a person of faith, or oh, yeah. I have faith, or like, uh, but you can say that until yeah. it faith needs to kick in. Oh, so yeah. it's not faith until it's actually the what the description of faith is. Yeah, and and uh, and so even like right now, if anyone's listening to this and everything's going great invest in that the relationship with god even more because yeah because when times there it's inevitable there will be things and there will be trials it's it's all over paul's writings paul himself was beaten and shipwrecked and torn apart um yet he he had this investment and time uh spent in his faith yeah uh that it would kick in yeah even yes even ask god you know hey can you remove this from me and god was like no (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna remove from you exactly (laughs) exactly yeah i feel that heavily for people even just right now like in this season it's it's been a really hard year for a lot of people i'd say the majority of people on this planet um as uh, and especially Amer- america is going through it right now uh but it just inviting the what are you saying lord and mm-hmm. and how can my faith be engaged in this season because uh, this is the recipe for a massive revival yeah throughout history Absolutely. it's always worked this way and so i just believe if if our churches learn uh, learn that every single person is a worshiper and every single person has faith to an element, to yeah. a, a degree, and we build off of each other's faith, uh, it'll kick in in seasons like this for sure. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, because when, when, when we can stand on truths from, from the Scripture, even when we're not seeing those things be realized, like, you, you know, that's when God moves in a, in a crazy way. Um, and, you know, I think about like that that song uh, "Miracles" by by Jesus Culture. Yeah, and Chris Kualo wrote. Um, uh, I, I know that it, he wrote it after he had lost a child, and and there, you can like hear it in like the chorus where he's just like like yell basically yelling, 
I believe in you. I believe in you. I yeah. believe in you know. And we have those moments. I, I I remember like hearing that song right as we were kind of going through that that same situation, um, of kind of going through that loss and, uh, in like relating to that on such a level that I didn't know that I could relate to a worship song before, where it was like, I I just feel like I have to yell it out, even though like like I don't know even know that deep down I believe it, but like. But like I know that it is true, and so I'm just gonna declare it because I know, like I believe that you're a God of miracles. I believe that you have what's best for me. I believe that you're a good father. I believe that you know that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna make everything you know work out for my good if I trust you. And I believe that you you're in control and all of those things that like, like there's so many times in our life where where it doesn't feel like that, like where it's like our emotions. I always feel like our emotions are our emotions are liars, you know. And so, like, like there's there's gonna be moments in our life where we we are um, where our heart is deceiving us. You know, I mean, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Yeah. And so, like, our heart is going to deceive us. It's going to say, like, like, you know, look at or look at your situation around your life. Like, does that look like God is caring for you? And if we just look with like that raw emotion, um, you know, we it's very easy to say like, no, God doesn't care about me. Um, which bringing it back, that's why Jesus said we need to worship in spirit and truth, because if it's just an emotion, it's going to get lost and it's going to get, um, you know, we're going to kind of skew it and, and, and we'll come, come to the, the wrong conclusion. Um, but if we come with that, that, that spirit, the passion, um, and then meet it with the truth of God of like, like my emotions are telling me this is what my situation is, but the truth of God says this, and then I'm gonna stand on that. And even if I don't believe it, even if I'm going through a season where um, I don't see any fruit, um, you know, I'm still gonna believe. I'm still gonna worship you, and I'm still gonna declare that you're good um, because it's what Scripture says, and I believe that that's truth. You know. Yeah, and I just on that that same vein too is. Each of us is rewarded based on the life we've been given, yeah. right? So I can't look at someone else's faith, whether it's seemingly great or small, yeah. and, and judge them and say, "Wow, I wish I would have had," or, yeah. "Or oh, they they work at a church, they they probably have mm -hmm. more faith." Or um, it's easy to get For into sure. that mindset of comparing, but the Bible's very clear: the reward system of heaven is based on the life that we've been given yeah. our faithfulness to that and like um but but it's in the concept context of community as well yeah. is 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 you we have to learn how to pick each other up and live for sure uh uh live in uh, like battle ready but like even even back in like the biblical times or the in the old testament they would even have these shields to where they were like full-bodied shields, yeah. you know, and like, uh, and and it would give a, a chance for others to rest behind another yeah. person's shield, so they'd have time to rest and yeah. recuperate, and and then we see in the in the New Testament is uh, it's called the shield of faith, yeah, um, and it's a beautiful picture um, of of the the close-knit community, like we're yeah. in a battle, but sometimes your faith is is not like a big shield it's yeah. it's you need to go and rest behind the flock for a minute if yeah. you will um and so i think yeah. it's one of the reasons why why like test like testimonies are so important of like because we like 
we live off there's so many times where we're like if you're not seeing god move in your life that you need to hear that he's still moving in some other people's yes. lives you know yeah and so like in like in our community of of believers our community of faith hearing like um you know oh god's doing awesome things at anchor like that should be encouraging to every church it means god's still moving yeah. you know and or like you know, if, if, if you're telling me a God is, I say I'm going through a, a rough season in my life, um, and you're telling me like, hey, God is moving in my life, and I'm seeing, he's, he, you were just telling me today that you feel like um, you're kind of just experiencing this new grace of like God showing you stuff and revealing stuff and so powerful to you. And like, like the the human side, nature is to be like, why isn't God saying that to me? You know? Right. Um, but like, our, our faith and our, our community of believers in our the brotherhood uh, or sisterhood of of that we share as Christians is to say like he's moving in your life that that's awesome that and it gives me hope that the season that I'm gonna that I'm going through God's gonna lead me into just in the same season you know exactly. that he's gonna lead me into that into that that goodness exactly and we have every, throughout our our day we have a choice whether we we operate out of jealousy and envy or like I wish my life was yeah. different or realize we have an ownership of right now in this moment to make a choice uh, uh, to step in and say, God, I trust you again. Would yeah. you speak to me? I know I know you speak to other people. Uh, uh, you can do it again to me. And yeah. there's dry spells for any for my myself for or sure. anybody for the top pastors. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's just how it is, but like yeah. not. I think C.S. Lewis called it the dark night of the soul, mm -hmm. which is like so oh, epic wow. and metal. But it's like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talk about emo worship leaders. I know. That's, that's, that's C.S. Uh, Lewis. That's right there. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what if, and that's what it feels like. Where it's like those. Every one of us has those moments where it's like, I feel like God is just being silent right now. And, um, and again, you know, if you can either give up and be like, well, I'm not talking to him anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, or you can kind of keep pushing in until, you know, finally, you know, you learn whatever God's trying to teach you or, or yeah. you go through the season. I mean, God's always speaking to us, even when he's not speaking, you know, his silence is sometimes speaks louder than, mm -hmm. than whatever he speak, you know, than him being vocal to you. Yeah. Um, and just owning it, man. Yeah. It's just like, uh, so I bring up Todd White. What uh, when he came out and just said, you know what, the Lord has been pruning me, so I'm gonna tell you the full gospel. Yeah. And he owned it. Yeah. And what I love about that so much is he could have, over the next six months, just start preaching the gospel yeah. as he was, as it, like as God was showing him, and it just slowly add yeah. some sentences in. Or he could say, no, this is my life. This yeah. is what it's looked like. I'm not going to look at back at the last 16 years and wonder if I, I was doing everything wrong. He's just owning it and just yeah. saying, you know, this is this is the pruning that God's done in my life. Yeah, I love that he, he just owned it, and this is where I'm going, and this is the gospel, yeah. and and we're going to move forward. I think it's, it's beautiful. It, that was a beautiful picture for me to see of Absolutely. like, whoa, if I'm wrong or if there's things, Lord, convict me. Yeah. We'll change it right now. We'll just yep. come out and just say it. Let's let's do that. And then 
uh, moving forward, you know, instead yeah. of playing this game with like time and w- maybe I should say this later yeah. or. Well, could you imagine if like, uh, could you imagine if that's what the entire church should look like? Mm. If the entire church was just like. Honest. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if I, like when, if when someone in the church just was like, you know what, God's convicted me, I'm wrong. I'm just going to be like, out, or even if, not even just about being wrong. If someone's just like, like. Like, if people in the church were like, hey, how are you doing? It's like, uh, I'm not doing good. I'm having a rough week. Or like, you know, my life is, is really a mess right now. And, um, you know, we try and like protect ourselves from from like what people will think of us. But like, if there's not, if the church isn't the place to be real, yeah, then where is, you know? Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine if, I, I love that too. I, I, I kind of, I clicked on it just like being like, huh, you know? And then I ended up listening to the entire message and being amazing. It was so good, and it was so refreshing to hear someone um, just be like, "I was wrong," and Holy Spirit's convicted me, and I am, um, you know, I'm putting it out there. Yeah. And then I, I like it. He ended it by saying, "Like, like this is what's true, and this is where we're going from this point on. Like, we're going from here." And, um, and that was super refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And that the way he talked was exactly how a lo- like a loving father would bring conviction. Yeah. Like the you only respond as like a preacher, someone to say what those things that he said out of a loving conviction. God yeah. was just convicting him, and and it was a loving father. Hey, this is not the best way for you. I'm gonna uh, change this course for you. Yeah. And uh, and. Yeah, it it's it's sad to me that although he's getting a lot of like amen yeah. brothers, there's there's a huge majority of people yeah. saying the last 16 years of his life was worth nothing. And yeah. I mean this type yeah. of talk, it's like is that edifying? Is yeah. that helpful? Is is getting yeah. on and arguing like yeah. it just why not, why not celebrate? Yeah, the I like uh, what do you call it when in the uh, like the parable of the lost sheep, where it's like. Um, you know, heaven rejoices more for the one sheep that's found mm-hmm. over like the however many um, righteous people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. We need as a church to be like when someone's like, "Hey, I was wrong," and and I've seen the error in my ways. We as a church need to be like, "Great, man, we welcome you in," and like it's awesome. And we need to be so encouraging of that. I mean, I mean probably the reason why people don't do it more often is because most of the time the church's reaction is like. Well, you should have known it all along. Yeah. And I, one of the cool things that about this is becoming like the Todd White Reaction Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing what other people are saying other people are doing. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, though, that I liked what um, that he said was like, I've, it wasn't like this is something new to him. Like mm-hmm. He's like, it was something that, um, that I knew and I, I knew 16 years ago when I was saved and I... I understood it then, but I haven't been able to put it into like words until now. Yeah. And I was like, that's so good. Like of a lot of times, like people are like, well, you should have known it all, all along. I did know it all along, you know, but there's sometimes like we get in our own way and, um, and there needs to be, there needs to be that grace that says like, Hey, when, when you say you're wrong, um, you know, we're just gonna, we're gonna meet you, and we're gonna work together. And if the church can't, you know, say that um say that you know admit when we're wrong, uh, it's one of the reasons I love I love when Paul 
um, at some I can't even remember what book said. Man, this is like the I can't remember where scripture is. Um, <laughs> podcast. So uh, there's that point in in in, uh, in scripture where Paul in one of the letters where Paul says like John Mark is um, he is uh, like helpful. He's he's a he's a good partner in ministry. Basically, is what he says. Mm. And like coming to that point of like before Paul being like like him and Barnabas split over the over Paul being like John Mark's not worth it like mm-hmm. if you're bringing him along I'm going by myself and like to get to the point where, where Paul's like you know what John Mark is good you know and like you know Barnabas was right essentially that one him writing that in letters basically saying Barnabas was right I was wrong in that in that argument mm. and and he's good and like to be able to if, if church leadership could be like just admit when you're wrong. Yeah. Like, I think it would be so powerful. And then to be welcomed by the church body when you admit you're wrong instead of being chastised, you know? Yeah, that's really good, man. Yeah, crazy, crazy good. Though, So you had mentioned um, about uh, a song that you had written a couple of years ago, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, was, um, was songwriting because you had, uh, you had mentioned that you... Uh, had written a song a couple of years ago, and I've been thinking a lot about the songwriting process. And so I wanted to hear what your songwriting process was. <laughs> uh, I laugh because this is one thing that the Father is really after me about um, and has been for a long time. But songwriting has been one of the very things that I it's like something that's such of high priority to me and high value yet I will if something comes up it's it's sometimes the first thing to go in my schedule yeah. which is so frustrating I think we've talked about that before but as of late I've had uh if you will more success than ever and and uh there's a whole long rabbit trail uh here but I'll keep it short um is that is the more that I just get to know Jesus, just get to know the word and like what it says about Jesus and and who our God is, the more I feel myself wanting to worship. Uh, After that feeling of knowing, okay, God, I just want to worship. I just want to express. I just got to express naturally as a, creative i want that to hit hit the paper you know Mm -hmm. i want that to hit with a melody i have tried a lot to just sit down and write a song like very like like i said at the beginning like just like a robot like just write a song and play it you know verse pre-chorus yeah (laughs) and it just hasn't worked for me i'm 29 years old and i have a handful of songs and the only those handful of songs are the very um songs that came when i just all every single one of those the ones that i actually like that i finished uh were songs uh, that came from me sitting down at a piano and pouring my heart out to God mm-hmm. uh, and p- just writing really bad lyrics, like, just getting them out, like just yeah. a straight up worship. And then that taking that session, if I recorded it or whatever, and just 
like starting to craft it. Okay, this word might be a little better here. Yeah. There. But that is the only, if you will, formula that has ever worked for me personally. Yeah. I know other people that can just sit down and write songs and they're just spewing out melodies and all yeah. these cool creative words and stuff. But like... Yeah, they're like a I, walking thesaurus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely not me. Uh, yeah. And 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 that's just, again, owning who you are and what, yeah. what you're into. I, I do see, though, and we've talked about this off air, but the worship that is kind of at the top of the charts or that people are wanting to hear right now are all places, primarily all places that are very, like, spirit-filled and just open, like, 12-minute songs. Yeah. Just open-hearted worship to God. Yeah. And it it's because it's so real and tangible and it connects. And yeah. so... That goes for Upper Room. It goes for Map City. Map City yeah. uh, even the new Elevation stuff, they put mm-hmm. some spontaneous worship on there. Obviously, Bethel yeah. and some of these just huge places. If you walked into their room, I don't know if you've ever been to any of those places, but when you walk into the room there, you have to decide if you want to be offended by somebody else's worship, you know, because yeah. they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. All of these places, and it comes to a place... Uh, for songwriting for them where they're yeah. just they're they're letting it go yeah. and and if something comes out awesome yeah uh and so i, I just th- those places have really resonated with me um and so anyways as of late songwriting has looked a lot different because for so many years yeah. i was like okay this is my three hour block where yeah. i am going to like yeah be a, a robot and write down things that the Lord tells me, you know, and, and it just doesn't work. It like hasn't that. worked. Um, but I love your even worship on Wednesday thing, like just a couple minutes of you just playing and singing. And I, I think the songs come from there. Um, and then the sec- the next challenge would be then how do we introduce those to our own churches? You know, yeah, I, I don't know that I've gotten, gotten there yeah, in the introducing, um, because I feel, I, as any type of like creative, you feel like you know the thing that you work on. One, you're like the highest, you're the bit worst critic of your own work, you know. Yeah. And so like I write songs all the time, and and normally like the stages of when I write a song is like like find a mel like a either a phrase or a melody or something, and then I'll write a song to it and I'll like it, and then like I'll go back and visit it, and I'll be like, and it's just like from from the initial point that I write it, I just progressively don't like it as much. And, and so it's, for me, it's always hard to get a song to the point where I'm like, okay, I really like this. And, um, and so now I'm going to introduce it to my congregation. There's definitely been points where I've, where I've introduced songs and, um, because I'm like, oh, this is really important. Like, um, like this sec, this song that I've written or this phrase that I've written is really important. And I want to introduce that right now because I feel like what the church needs it, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but it it gets for me. I'm always really really hesitant to to bring those songs before people because it's like I I, I always feel like they're not ready, you know. Yeah, I definitely know that, and that's I mean that I'm just smiling because it's like this is the very topic that the Lord is just hammering me on. of yeah. just like, come on, man. And Okay, so here, here's a helpful tool, or a help me. Uh, I had counseling for the first time in my whole life. I've never wow. ha- gone to a counselor or anything, but uh, just had this relationship. So just uh, via phone uh, from someone who lives out of the state. So it's just really unique counseling experience. 
I was talking to him about this very subject of I want to write songs. I want to pour out my heart to God. Like I want to like record uh, my expression to Him, and yeah. I want it to be pure worship towards Him, and just everything about Him, Him, Him. You yeah. know, which is I, if anyone, I hope they put that on my my gravestone. You know, yeah. like at the end of my life, He was all about yeah. Him. You know, uh, but in the same as a good counselor does, they challenge yeah. you, right? Yeah. And and he said, uh, what if the process was about you? And I, you know, instantly I'm yeah. like, well, I'm not paying this guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, he, he um, brought the analogy of, of, a, of a, a child. He says, uh, you have a child, right? So don't you want to, this gets back to earlier in the podcast, but don't you want to spend time with your child? So if you give your daughter uh, some Play-Doh, are you expecting her to make the most absolute pristine sculpture? Yeah. Or are you interested in just spending time with her? Yeah. Which is crazy because when at, right before that counseling session, the very day before, I was I took Mira to the park, and we, we go up this little, like, step, uh, like playhouse thing and it's yeah. like got a little step uh, up to the next level and then there's like a slat in in the in the side of of the structure and we play like peekaboo in there and I come and scare her and she loves it and laughs well then I want her to continue on to the big slide because I want her to go down the slide to be brave you yeah. know but a lot of times she's more interested in the peekaboo and then uh, going on her butt down yeah. the, back down the stairs yeah and I, I remember the Holy Spirit saying, "Is don't you just want to spend time? It's, and she's yeah. kind of picking her own journey. Yeah. I know you want her to go down the slide, yeah. you know, but she's just picking her own journey. And whether it's Play-Doh or at the Play Fort, yeah. it's like God just wants to spend time with us as worshipers. Yeah. Like, and and so just inviting him into the room has like helped me so much yeah. and it takes the pressure off of I have to sound like somebody else yeah. or I have to have this like and I, I hope we have really creative sounds and really yeah. good stuff but it's also like I'm I'm the worship pastor of Anchor Church right now yeah. and that's my responsibility to yeah. steward that and if that means a, a two line chorus that fits with the series of of what we're going through yeah. nobody else has that responsibility yeah you have that at river of life right yeah. now so if it's the walls of jericho and the the theme of yeah. couple day uh, you know like uh faith uh, uh like having faith to see the that yeah. the seventh day or whatever yeah. Uh, the concept is there. Maybe it's two lines, and it's something you just throw in at the end of the song. So yeah. I'll challenge you to it, okay. and you can. Uh, and I can't give out a challenge unless I I do it. So maybe Sounds maybe good. we'll see. We'll check back yeah. next podcast, see like, if we did it. Yeah. How many tags have you written that have gone on the end of songs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's for sure. All all yeah. the. I mean, that's. The, everybody's using other people's songs and then yeah. you just kind of have that chord progression and yeah and, and most you, most worship chord progressions flow into each other anyway yeah it's the we're same all, we're all playing the same thing <laughs> same four chords yeah sometimes five yeah but yeah. yeah for sure sometimes we mix them up yeah yeah. yeah yeah but for the most part the same thing i know for my for me my writing process um i have i have a very similar if i just sit down and i'm like trying to write some uh you know 
try and write some poem or something like that. I, I can't do it. Like I've tried so many times, very similar to you. Um, and for me, like my writing always stems from like, I'm reading my, I'm reading scripture and I read something that I'm like, like that stands out to me that I'm like, that would be great in a song. And like, so like, and then my, you know, my writing kind of will, will branch off of, of, um, off of that one line or something like that, you know? And like just recently, like last week I was, um, I get, I'm speaking, uh, I'm preaching this, this week at church, um, spoiler alert, Let's go. river of life. And so, and, um, we're in this not, not fairy tales series. So we're telling like stories from the old Testament. And so this week I'm, I'm preaching on, uh, on, uh, Moses and the burning bush. And the reason why I got there was initially because I was writing as, as I was I was reading, just kind of doing devotionals, and I came across like Moses and the Burning Bush story, and the idea of like God, kind of going out of His way and like meeting Moses and, um, and like the take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Like the, and like and then following that, God revealing Himself, like Moses comes to comes to like see what God, see the burning bush, like, he goes out of his way, God meets him, this is holy ground, and then God reveals, like, this is who I am, and this is my plan for you, and this is, like, this is my plan for salvation for, for their people, I've seen you hurting, and all that stuff, like, it came, like, initially, I was, like, I feel like there, there needs to be a song, like, like, that, I'm sure there is songs about that, but I'm, like, I feel like I need to write that, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I don't know that I've really come up with anything that I'm, like, kind of meets where I'm at right now, but, the writing process still started from this idea of like, uh, uh, that idea of holy ground. And like, I need, I need to meet, I need to, I need to write that, that I, on hold when, when you, when you get to holy ground, God reveals himself. And so like, how do we get to holy ground? You know? And like, um, that idea has been like circulating in my mind and, but that's kind of how I write. Um, I can't get myself to, to just be like, I'm going to jump in and write a chorus, you know? Uh, it has to stem from that for me. I don't know why it yeah. is. Well, any and any good piece of artwork or or anything like that comes from not just somebody like, uh, I guess we're talking about like Chris like Christians, yeah. Like as a, a form of worship, whether it's artwork, yeah. artwork or like painting or dance or yeah. or any form of worship like that is, if it's if it's not done as worship like the, it doesn't carry as much power and yeah. as much weight so um so yeah it'd be it'd be good to keep each other accountable to uh yeah check in on on, on whether or not we're still writing yeah so. yeah we definitely we've hit we've talked about that before again off air the idea of of um both of us feeling like the it, songwriting is the first thing to go yeah when, when we have a, a busy uh kind of a, a, you know, just a ton of stuff on our plate. So songwriting is always the first thing to go. And, um, uh, and kind of making that a priority, I do think is so important. And, uh, and kind of just, you know, listening to that, you know, if God's working on us and telling us that it's a priority, you know, we need to make it a priority. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, just kind of letting our heart again, like we, the whole, like we, we talked about before, like, um, kind of letting, just bearing your heart before God. Um, I feel like as worship pastors, um, we do have to get to the point where we can say like, like, you know, this song is, you know, maybe this song written by 
you know, Bethel or what elevation or anything. Like it's a good representation of what I feel like God's leading the church, but like it's not going to be a better representation. At the end of the day, the best representation is going to be what is God speaking to to me or you who's leading, you know, our respective churches in that direction. Yeah. Um, yep. Sweet. That's good. Man. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the 107. Uh, really appreciate it. appreciate it. We love you. We love uh, Anchor Church, and uh, can't see can't wait to see what God's gonna do uh, in the next coming weeks and months. Uh, thanks again, man. Likewise, man. We'll have to do another. Uh, what do we call it? COVID collab. COVID collab, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At some point, That'd for sure. Fun. Well, I was kind of thinking that COVID would be over. I yeah yeah. I'm I'm with you on but, that. But uh, apparently now we we need to do it again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe our next COVID collab will be a a covid collab song that we've written Ooh, we got a lot of things that uh people need to keep us accountable i know i'm throwing that out there (laughs) (laughs) so if if you are at anchor church or at river of life and um you know three or three months go by and Spencer and I haven't written any new songs. Yeah. Please hold us accountable. Yeah, we owe every person a burrito. Yeah, That's there it. you go. So There you go. All right, well, thank you, and this has been The 107. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in uh, next week. Uh, Pastor Jason will be back, and uh, you get to enjoy some more of his sultry tones. Thanks so much for joining us for The 107. If you have questions for River of Life or about River of Life, we would love to hear from you please email us at podcast at rolmt.com.